Welcome to the Pivot to Your Passion podcast. I'm Jess, your host. This is the podcast where we dive deep and we talk about life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We discuss all things life, parenting, mental health, and money. You won't want to miss a single episode. A little bit about me. Well, my husband and I, along with our three boys, paid off $100,000 of debt in less than two years. I happened to have a huge mental health breakdown right before this happened, and so things were a little chaotic to say the least. So now I want to share with others, I want to share with you how to navigate life without the stress and overwhelm. So let's dive on in. Hello and welcome to the Pivot to Your Passion podcast. I am Jess and I'm so happy you are here today. So today we are discussing how to budget using the zero-based budget method. It is super important that you are creating a customized budget that's going to reflect your values and lifestyle and that you are sticking to it. There are many types of budgeting methods, and the zero-based budgeting method is a popular one. It is one that I use as well. So the zero-based budget method is where you list all of your household monthly income, and you make a list of all of your monthly household expenses. And then, say you're doing that in a spreadsheet or an app, the numbers are going to equal zero, meaning you are creating a plan and budget to assign every single dollar you earn a place or a job in your budget. Now, that may be spending it on things like food, rent, mortgage, fuel, uh, or debt repayment, or it may be assigning these dollars to go into your savings account, say your emergency savings account, or into a different um, kind of sub-savings account, or sometimes people call them savings buckets or sinking funds. But these are essentially savings accounts that you are um, naming and having and housing your money for future expenses that could include things like home repairs, car maintenance, or a vacation. Okay, the point is in this type of budget is that you are giving every single dollar you earn a job or a place. Every single dollar you earn for income will be assigned a specific purpose. So if you are using a spreadsheet or the Every Dollar app, that's the app that I've used for years, and I use the free version. So again, that's the Every Dollar app. If you are using those, your balance, once again, should equal zero once you add your income on there minus your expenses, and the expenses is going to include your savings. So it doesn't mean that you are going out and spending every single uh, dollar that you earn for that month. It means you're assigning every single dollar a place and a job. So I use this type of budgeting method every month and I set it up on a spreadsheet. So I put in my expected monthly household income, then I minus all of my expenses. I personally start with paying myself 
first. So when I'm creating my budget on my on the spreadsheet, I put in my retirement, um, my Roth IRA amount that I have set up automatically, my boys savings accounts, and then my emergency fund. So I put those on my spreadsheet first, then I minus, take away or add in all of our bills and then our other expenses. And then in the end, I end up with a zero-based budget. Now, if I assign 400 this month to, say, uh, fuel expenses, and I only spend $350 this month on fuel, I'm going to roll over that $50 that I didn't spend on fuel for this month onto next month. So same with any of my budget line items or categories. So I may not actually be spending each of those dollars on fuel or food or clothing or pets that specific month, but ideally I will be building up a little bit of money into each of those accounts or budget line items to use in the future. So here's another example. For clothing, let's say I budget $100 a month for clothing, but we don't actually buy any clothes for three months. Well, in three months, if I haven't spent any of my budgeted $100 a month, I'm going to have $300 in that fund or in that account or bucket that I can then use to buy clothes. So I do this a lot with like our winter clothes or if we need boots. I know one of the boys is going to need boots coming up. Okay, I'm going to be saving money into that account and then I have it there to spend it when needed. I'm not necessarily spending that $100 every single month on clothing. Sometimes I do, but ideally I'm building it up. So it's important to track all sources of your household income. So for me... I have different streams of income, my husband and I do. So I have my nursing job income, which I get paid typically twice a month, so every two weeks. My husband has his farming income. We also have um, our snow plowing income in the winter that my husband does snow plowing. I have a photography business that I um, usually pay myself about $200 per month out of, but I include that. And then we may end up selling some items, and so we have we count that as our income as well on our budget. My husband also rents out tents, so like party tents, uh, wedding tents, graduation um, tents, and then I have my coaching business. So all of this is income that we need to keep track of. You need to do the same thing. Now, if you're finding that you are not making enough income to cover your bills and you've cut back on all areas in your budget that's possible, it might be time for a second job or a side hustle or to try and find a higher paying job. Now, easier said than done. I understand that. If you need help with this, I can help. I offer this in my um, life coaching or to my coaching clients and my money coaching clients as well. You can head on over to jesswaynecoaching.com for more information. You can feel free to message me. I'm Jess, Jess Wayne Coaching on Instagram and Facebook. 
Now, as far as tracking your expenses, I suggest tracking every single dollar you are spending for at least three months. You're not going to have to do this forever, okay? Unless you're like me and you like to do it, you figure out that you like doing it. Um, I continue, after three plus years, I continue to do this, but that's because I like it. You don't have to, but I do suggest that you do this for at least three months. This is going to give you an idea of where you are spending your money and how much you are spending each month on the different categories. So things like date nights, groceries, how much are you spending out eating out at restaurants or fast food? How about that hot lunch money that we tend to forget to budget in? At least I've done that. How about childcare costs or haircuts and pet supplies, okay? Things that we may not always think about those are the ones that that come up and kind of get us. They nickel and dime us, so to speak. So if you're tracking your expenses for at least three months, you're going to get a pretty good idea of what you're spending your money on and how much each month. You can also look back at your um, credit card or debit card transactions or and your bank statements to get a good idea of where and how much money you're spending. But I think that tracking it every day is also just a good habit to get into, at least trying it out for a few months. Again, you don't have to keep doing that. But it was a very eye-opening experience when I started tracking my expenses. Quick side note, when I first started tracking my expenses, we had no idea how much we were spending on groceries and eating out or really anything besides our like bills that didn't change from month to month. So I started, I used the Every Dollar app, the free version again, and I started tracking it. And the first month I tracked our spending, we spent $1,000 for the month in groceries that did not include most of our meat because my husband farms so we have meat and that comes out of a different area um and we were we spent one thousand dollars on dining out to eat you guys like that is crazy that included fast food that included like our quick trip runs and um our restaurants and things like that, fast food, dining out, restaurants, yeah, all of that, but still $1,000 now in my budget. I think I have it down to $550 roughly for our groceries each month, again, not including your meat, and then um, $300 to $350 typically a month for our dining out. So I'm spending less than $1,000 a month on our food combined, whereas before I was spending $2,000 and we've dealt with inflation since then. So it's just really eye-opening. It was a super eye-opening experience for me at least. Okay, so again, I use the Every Dollar app, um, or I did. I don't use it as much if I'm being truthful, um, just because now I use a spreadsheet and to track my spending and I have my laptop with me almost everywhere I go. So before I didn't and so my phone was with me, so I used the app. Now I'm using the spreadsheet so I don't have to use both um, tracking systems or budgeting systems. But... Um, and I usually have my laptop with me. Most people aren't carrying their laptop everywhere they go because they're not crazy like I am. So the app is a really good idea. 
So again, I still do this after three years because I enjoy doing it. However, I don't recommend that for everybody. So ideally, you're going to track your expenses for three months. You're going to have a good idea of what you need to budget in each spending category. Okay. So you're going to have fixed expenses and not so fixed expenses, okay? So your fixed expenses are going to be things that don't change. So typically your mortgage, your rent, your subscriptions, um, child care, if you're doing child care, kind of that routine set child care, those things aren't going to change how much you pay, you have to pay each month. Some utilities um, are considered fixed. However, I understand that utilities can change and fluctuate, you know, versus the, like I live in Wisconsin, so spring, summer, fall, winter, we're going to have different utility usage. Um, but then you're also going to have variable expenses. So the ones that change. So this is going to be things like your groceries, dining out, your clothing, car maintenance or repairs. So you don't necessarily know how much you're going to spend on car maintenance or repairs. So planning ahead for upcoming expenses and anticipating that at least somewhere down the road, you're going to have to fix your car put some new tires on it, change its oil once in a while. You want to be planning ahead and and budgeting for that month to month, even though you're not maybe paying for car maintenance every single month. So using the zero-based budget and rolling over the extra money so that unspent money to the next month and future months is going to be very important. Again, you want to be planning ahead for expected expenses like, let's say, your annual car registration or if you pay insurance once or twice a year, those different insurances, Um, annual subscriptions like Amazon Prime or Costco or Sam's Club, okay? How about birthday gifts and holidays? You want to be planning ahead and saving for those things. Also, for the unexpected expenses. So we know Christmas is coming every year. We know our kid's birthday is coming every year and when that is, hopefully. Um, But those unexpected expenses that are going to undoubtedly show up. So again, the car repairs, home repairs, um, those just emergencies, medical emergencies. Um, If your fridge or stove stops working, you're probably going to want to replace that. My point is, is that you should be saving some money each and every single paycheck, every single month into at least one account for upcoming expenses. But ideally, you can split that into different accounts or buckets to kind of house or store the money for these expenses. On a quick note um, on debt repayment and how I suggest budgeting for that is you should budget for the minimum monthly payments due on all of your debts except for one and then create your realistic customized budget for your other expenses and then any and all remaining money should be applied to that one debt. Typically, I typically suggest it's the debt with the highest interest rate. That would be like the avalanche method of um, debt payoff methods. You can use the snowball as well. Um, 
that's for, um, for a different episode, but I do this. That's what I suggest. So I sold a ton of items when we were paying off our debt and we put all of that money onto paying off our debt quicker. Okay, so if you go back um, to ep- and listen to episode three, it's all about debt. So some common challenges that people may face when using the zero-based budgeting method is if their income fluctuates. So for individuals with irregular income, which is the episode previous to this one, I recorded. So take a listen to that one if you haven't already. Um, It can be challenging to figure out um, and allocate every dollar when you're uncertain about your future earnings. So this budgeting method might require a little more flexibility in such cases, but what I recommend there is budgeting for your lowest anticipated monthly um, income and to base your budget off of there. Again, listen to the previous episode on uh, budgeting for irregular income. Okay, another uh, challenge is emergency expenses. So sudden or unexpected expenses can disrupt a zero-based budget. So again, it's essential to be planning ahead for that. It's essential, it's needed to have an emergency fund and a category for unexpected costs to avoid failing or derailing your budget. Trust me, you're not going to fail, but to getting off track with your budget. Okay, another challenge, overspending in categories. So some people may find it difficult to stick to the budgeted amounts for certain categories. Yep, that's me. I have that problem sometimes still. And so this can result in constantly needing to adjust your budget and maybe taking things back to the store. But you're going to, people find that they rob what is it called? Rob, Rob, Paul to pay Peter, or, you know, take from one bucket, one category to another. So you want to make sure that your budget is not super restrictive and that will help with some of that overspending. Tracking every expense. Remember, maintaining a zero-based budget often requires your tracking. And so that can be time-consuming and overwhelming for some. So again, I suggest doing this for three months, at at least three months, and then you can kind of go from there, whether you want to keep continuing to track your expenses or not. Lack of financial awareness. So people who are new to budgeting may struggle with this method initially because it requires a good understanding of your finances and, again, that regular tracking. Budgeting rigidity. So zero-based budgeting can sometimes be a little too rigid for those who prefer a more flexible approach to handling their money. So, for example, um, the 50-30-20 type of budgeting method where essentially you um, take a percentage of your paycheck or of your household monthly um, income, and you put that into different buckets, basically three spending buckets, and you spend out of there. Okay, so this type of budgeting method, the zero-based budgeting method, is a little bit different than that. Okay, now I'm going to address some of these challenges. Okay, so you can consider the following. Create a buffer. So especially if you have irregular income, but really anytime, build a buffer into your budget to account for fluctuations. I do this a couple different ways. One, I always have a miscellaneous 
budget line item or category in my budget. So usually mine's anywhere. It just depends. Usually it's about $100. Sometimes I go down to $50. Sometimes I go up to $150. But I have a miscellaneous line item, and that's what I teach my clients to do as well because life arise, arises. Life comes up. So your kids... Um, are in sports and all of a sudden sports pitchers come out and there goes 40, 50 bucks to uh, pay for their sports pitchers. How about, and you're not thinking and planning for that. How about batteries? You know, your kid gets a new, a few new um, toys for their birthday or for Christmas or whatever and they need batteries. Okay. And batteries are expensive. So create that buffer. I Also, the second way I do a buffer is I have a buffer in my checking account. So my bills come out of my checking account. I usually leave a $300 buffer in there so that if I mess up my dates or the holidays mess something up or something happens and I'm not able to, I don't know, do something, I have a buffer of money in there. So basically a cushion of $300 that I just have in there just in case. If I tend to overspend once in a while. Okay. Emergency fund. Maintain an emergency fund to cover unexpected expenses. So then you're not disrupting your budget. Good example. Um, I think it was in, I don't even remember, in March of 2023, March of this year, We had three emergencies within a month. My son broke his arm during a hockey game. Yep, there was an emergency visit and an orthopedics, two orthopedics visits. Uh, Somebody in the family had um, severe abdominal pain, so that was another ER visit. And then my car decided it needed a whole bunch of car repairs and we needed it to get them done so it would run safely. And that was a few thousand dollars. Man, was I happy that I had my emergency fund in place so that I could take out of there and not disrupt my and blow my whole entire budget for months and months, okay? So it's very important. When you have debt, especially if you have high interest rate debt, you want to make sure that you still have a savings amount in your savings account. I suggest having a minimum of $1,500 in there. Then you can decide whether you want to be funding that, adding more money to your savings account while you're paying off your debt, or whether you want to leave it at that and put all your money on your debt, okay? Yes, you have a choice. This is your life, and this is your budget, okay? You have to decide what you are feeling safe and secure with with your finances, and then go from there. So for example, I have clients that only want the $1,500 in their savings account, and then they're throwing the rest on debt. Or they may want $2,000 in their savings emergency savings fund, and then they're throwing the rest on debt. Or they're adding $100 a month um, continuously to their emergency fund, and then they're paying the rest on their debt, okay? So it's whatever you're comfortable with. All right, review and adjust. So I want you to regularly take a look at your budget and you can make necessary adjustments. It is okay to modify your budget as circumstances in life happens and changes happen. Use technology. So use the budgeting app like I talked about um, to help track your expenses and to maintain that zero-based budget more efficiently. 
financial education. I know you are doing that because you're taking time to listen to this podcast, but invest time into yourself and learning about personal finance to improve your skills. You will never regret taking the time to bulk up your budgeting skills and find your balance. So make sure that you tailor the zero-based budgeting method to your needs. You can make it as strict as needed or as flexible as you're comfortable with to make sure that it works for you. If this type of budgeting method doesn't work for you, there are other ones out there that are great to use as well. Okay, so your budget is going to change. It might be different from month to month depending on your income, your life circumstances, maybe what time of year it is. So again, planning ahead as much as possible with your money, with your finances is key. So for example, I know that Christmas is coming every December 25th. It never changes. So I save $100 each month from January to December for Christmas-related items. So when December rolls around, I have at least $1,200 to spend on the holiday. So things like gifts, um, extra food, because my kids are going to be home more because they're not in school around Christmas time. Uh, People, we're having people come over, uh, spending things. We can use that $1,200 to spend on travel and lodging. Okay, so that is one thing that I'm really good at is planning ahead. And I want you to start thinking, doing the same thing. What birthdays are coming up in the next few months that maybe you could start putting, let's say, 10 or $20 aside to be able to get them a nice gift or take them out to dinner for their birthday or things like that. Again, you're going to want to make sure that you are regularly checking your budget and expenses to make sure that you're staying on track with your budget, especially with a zero-based budgeting method. It's easy to get off track and overspend or things come up and um, go back to your old ways. Just Adjustments to your budget may be needed, especially in the beginning of this journey. So I've worked with many people who have successfully used and are using the zero-based budget method. It can take a little bit of time to get used to. Um, and again, make sure you keep a buffer in your checking account and having that miscellaneous uh, budget line item. I also suggest automating as many bills and savings as possible. So for example, I automate um, my retirement savings and then my boys' savings, okay? And I suggest automating your savings and your bills. So using this type of budgeting method can help you achieve your financial goals. You can become debt-free. You can save for your short-term and long-term goals. You can save for your retirement, and it's going to help you reach your financial milestones quicker. I highly recommend joining my Financial Mission Membership Program. It's super affordable. You can cancel your membership at any time, but I don't think you're going to want to. You're going to have a community of other like-minded individuals. You're going to be held accountable and have the support of myself and other people. So it's the place to be. There's a library of resources for you, and it's the place to be when starting your financial journey. You also 
also in your membership, you also get access to my budgeting for busy moms course. So head on over to JessWayneCoaching.com for more information and to join. As always, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Pivot to Your Passion podcast. I am so happy that you are taking the time and energy to invest in yourself and in your financial goals. As always, make today a great day. We have so much to be thankful for. Until next time, my friends.